welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. I'm here today with author Sinead Hamill, who's going to talk to us about everything to do with her writing and publishing. <laughs> so, how are you, Sinead? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's start at the beginning. So, yeah. I, I read a couple of stories, and I know you, you had a, a life event that pushed your writing a bit. Can you tell yeah, us about that? I had in 2014, I had been diagnosed with a condition called atrial fibrillation. And it's basically where you, your electrical circuits in your heart don't really work properly. Mm-hmm. And it just to forget to pump every so often. So about every four beats, it would just say, couldn't be bothered, and it wouldn't pump. Yeah. And I had, long story short, I had treatment for it. And um, they put me on a, th- on a, a blood thinner. Yeah. And then they thought it was all fixed. So they took me off the blood thinner, and then I had two strokes. And they were, they would have been like a catastrophic stroke, yeah, I was yeah. told. If I hadn't been on aspirin at the time, okay. which was just enough to thin the blood, yeah. it's funny. Like it, it was only a little bit more than what you'd get in an over-the-counter. Yeah. Book. Yeah. So because that happened, I had written the first book, um, "Scumbags and Handbags" was the name of it, and I had it all ready to go, and I had sent it off to agents and the yeah. usual Ferris wheel that goes on of trying mm-hmm. to get a book published. And then I had a stroke, and I said, "Now I can wait for you know six months, a year." five years in one agent's case, yeah. um, to hear anything back or I can just publish this myself because I was afraid, I, I had written it and I didn't want it to never be seen yeah. and I, I wanted something that my kids would be able to pick up in a few years' time. There's a bit of bad language in it so maybe a few <laughs> extra years' time. And uh, so that's what I decided to do and I actually went out and pick, I had seen a talk with the lady, you probably heard of her, Catherine Ryan. She, she has been on Howard, the podcast. Yeah. And I had, I don't know where I came across her first. I think I saw her at some, um, one of the festivals. And I bought her book, um, which was basically a guide to, to yeah. being self, to self-publishing. And it, now it's technical and everything, but it, it really is very step-by-step. Step. And if you follow what she says to the letter, it, it's actually mm. possible to do it yourself. So I quite literally sat down at the computer with her book, <laughs> literally line by line. Yeah. You know, Catherine says, do this, so I did that. And, um, and I got it done. Um, so I published on Kindle and I published on Smashwords. And then I used uh, the Create Space, which is part of Amazon, to do the paperback. Okay. So tell me, tell me what the difference between Kindle and Smashwords is. Well, in terms of, as, as a, um, a consumer, I, it's just that it's a different for, format, you okay. know, um, like you go on to Kindle to buy mm-hmm. your Kindle book, yeah. with, with Smashwords it covers a whole range of other smaller oh, sort okay, of e-retailers, okay. yeah. I don't even, some of the names have just gone from my head, I can't think of any of them but off the beyond, top of my head. So Kindle is just for Kindle Amazon. Kindle would be, it's just for Amazon. And then, and then Smashwords yeah. is, as far as I'm aware, is for kind of a lot of other little, okay. other providers. But I found Kindle really easy to format for. Smashwords, there was a lot more um, detail and a lot more niggly things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like it, it would send back like an error message very often because of some little quirky thing that wasn't right in the file. Yeah. Whereas the Kindle one nearly would do it for you. Yeah. you know. And then the, the other part of it that was very frustrating was Kindle, you, you decide um, what your... Um, you know what your price point is number one mm-hmm. and you decide what um commission effectively you're going to take yeah. from it okay and that's fine and and you decide that and then it populates all the different regions um and obviously there'd be um you know the different um currencies and all that and it, it will do all that yeah. okay? and, and it's fine 
And you get paid every time somebody downloads your book. And obviously they take a, a cut off yeah. it or a royalty or whatever. And that's all very easy. Uh, but with Smashwords, you do all that as well. But in order to get paid from Smashwords, you have to be registered for tax okay. in the States. Okay. And that is a big rigmarole to do that. I and it's not worth so. it. Yeah. For, for, like, you know, whatever you get. Say, say your book is out for, let's just say, five ninety nine. dollars mm-hmm. Um, the the little the element that you the percentage that you get out of that times however yeah. many you sell it really makes it really not worthwhile mm-hmm. to to go off to the effort of having to go down to the American embassy and have your your um, application notarized and all this sort yeah. of shenanigans um, so I decided after the first book I didn't bother with so much it was the second time around so you just so you I just did Kindle but you did um, also physical copies oh yes I did yeah, yeah. So. through Create Space which is part of Amazon. And to do that, then, they, you, you get your um, book designer to lay out the, the, the book so that, you know, when you turn over the back of the book and you have your blurb and you have your barcode. Yeah. So they lay that out specifically so that yeah. when you then upload your files to create space, it just populates it all and it yeah. looks like a proper book. And you genuinely couldn't tell the difference yeah. between a self-published book and, and a, a, you know, yeah. a, a conventionally published and, book. And how did you get your artwork then, then? I have this guy who is just fantastic. His name is Graham Holbrook. And he works for a company called Tree Republic. I think he's one of the directors, actually, in there. And they're like a design house. Yeah. So they, do, they do a lot of um, animation and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he's actually a, a girl who is in my writing group, uh, Trisha Holbrook, um, is his mum. Yeah. And so I was talking about, oh, you know, what, I don't know what to do, but I get mm-hmm. the book designed and she said let Graham have a look at it so I went to him told him what I wanted to do he came up with the colour scheme and I know the the listeners won't be able to see it but the two books are there and they have there's a theme running through them in in terms of there's a blue and there's a yellow in the the colouring and in the new book that's coming out will be the same Um, they look great thank you very much and he designed that I gave him an idea of what I wanted I wanted to kind of convey what the book was about in the picture on the front and I wanted a kind of a, a slightly animated feel mm-hmm. to it so that one is the first one the second one it's like it's not a cartoon but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's and, a, and I wanted to convey by looking at the cover that it's it's a light hearted book like it's not a heavy yeah. um, topic you yeah. know and so he then he'll design it and he'll send, we'll send it back and forth and then once it's agreed mm-hmm. I, he sends it to me on um, like a JPEG file mm-hmm. or and then I sent it to a company called Design for Writers. Okay. Um, Andrew Brown, I think, is the man uh, who runs that. And there's a lady called Rebecca who I deal with in there. And then they take that illustration and they turn it into mm-hmm. look like a book cover. Yeah. But they also do they do their own designs as well. It just yeah. so happens I, I've used my own guide. Yeah. Um, and they're very good. Like it's, it's a process. They send you back this list of, say, 20 questions that yeah. you have to... To, to answer and it'll make sure they're basically policing mm-hmm. you so that you don't leave out things like the blurb on the back yeah. of the book because when you're publishing your own book you have to do everything you have to think of what it looks like you know what colour the paper is going to be on the inside yeah. what, how big the font is going to be all of that whereas somebody else who's published conventionally has an editor and a team of people yeah, doing all that yeah. kind of stuff so whilst it is hard and it, and it is very time consuming and you're as Catherine Ryan Howard says in her book like your, your head go and make yourself a big cup, cup of coffee yeah. pot of coffee because your head will start to spin around like yeah. the one in The Exorcist and it really is like that um, and I, I remember the first time I did it my husband came up and he said what's that noise and it was me banging my head like this <laughs> off the table I just said oh, I was making it all stop <laughs> but when you then get the ring at the door and the man is outside delivering your proof copy yeah. that you've gotten delivered through yeah. UPS whatever yeah. they use 
and you open that for the first time and look at the book with your name on it yeah. and all your hard work in between the two covers, it's, there's just absolutely no feeling like it. Yeah. And, you know, as I said to you before, um, conventionally published people, it's fabulous and they get into all the shops and it's wonderful mm. and it's great for them. I think everybody knows nobody becomes a millionaire by reading yeah, books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you write as well, it's not, it, you're not doing it for the money. It'd be lovely if Steven Spielberg knocked on the door and said, here, come here, do you remember that book? Here, I'm going to give you s- yeah. multiple million pounds to, to make a movie. Yeah, that'd be great, but, you know, that's a dream. Yeah. But the book wants to be written, the book mm. gets written and whether or not you make any money out of it is absolutely irrelevant because there, money couldn't give you the feeling you get. Yeah, from that kind of, of finish. Yeah, sense yeah. of completion, yeah. you know, that I did this, nobody else did this. There's, you know, there's nobody else, apart from, say, Graham and, yeah. and Andrew, you know, obviously yeah. with designing the cover, there is nobody else who had a hand in this mm. book, only me. And that's a great feeling yeah. and one that nobody can take away from you. So were you, have you always written? Oh, yeah, always. I mean, I remember writing... I, remember, I, can't, I don't remember the name of the machine, but my mother... This would be like, no, like, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 40, 48. And I remember being in my mother's house and writing on a... It, wasn't, it was a little step up from a typewriter, yeah. but it wasn't a computer. Yeah. And I remember writing on that and writing a book. Now, it would have been a darker book than these. Yeah. And I would have been probably... 19 maybe yeah. 19 or 20 and I like I always wrote that and I used to write and I still do write um now I wouldn't call it poetry it's more ditties is what I call yeah, them I, yeah. I, I had this blog called uh, get your ditties out which is all about um like funny observations yeah, bit, you know remember yeah. Pam Ayers yeah yeah that type yeah, of those type yeah. of poems you know they're not poems yeah. like Seamus Healy be spinning his grave if he heard what ah, I write described yeah, as poems yeah. <laughs> but so I was always writing yeah. something and um and funnily enough when I'm writing a book, a novel, if I, I tend to write them fast. Mm-hmm. Like that first one, the scumbags and handbags, I wrote in six weeks. Okay. And it just literally fell out. Because yeah. I suppose psychologically, I had this idea in my head. And, and I was actually, bizarre. you were talking about writing books yeah. earlier. I was at a writer's retreat yeah. down in Limerick. And the idea came into my head. Yeah. I, we were tasked with writing a chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, as kind of our homework that yeah, night. Yeah. And I wrote a chapter. And that chapter became that book. Because and it just happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I have a friend who who's writing a book and it's ten years. She yeah. she was ten years in yeah. the making, and she kind of came to the realization that th- this isn't really going anywhere. And she she put it away and she started a different one mm-hmm. and uh, got it finished really quickly because it it was the right time. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it's not the right time. And where do you start from? Do you are you like I have these characters I want to let them do interesting things or I have this plot that I want to yeah. have a setting. Where's your starting point? Well, the first one uh, the starting point was a character. I had mm. a character in my head and funnily enough he, like he's a scumbag, right? Mm. But in my head when I wrote him I had him, his name was Colin and my, I remember when the writing group said to me you can't have a scumbag called Colin. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, his case, the character's name yeah. has changed. But that book was all about him, and mm. and the plot came around him. Yeah. Because when I write, I uh, you mentioned screenplays yeah. that you'd written, and when I write, it's like I'm dictating what I'm seeing down on the page. Okay. So I see it as a as a as a film. Yeah. And I'm writing it down what I see. Mm-hmm. That's effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the one I'm the one that's coming out and about to come out in June now. Dippers is about. The theme is about cancer, mm-hmm. right? 
Now, how this book came about is very, uh, very close to reality because I've never thankfully had cancer, but I'm involved with a group um, called kickingtheshiteoutofcancer.com mm-hmm. and the lady who runs that, it's a blog, yeah. and the lady who runs that is a girl called Deirdre Featherstone and she had breast cancer. That's about four years ago now, five years ago. And when she had it, she said, I want to do something to kick back at this disease. And she set up this charity strip and dip mm-hmm. that we do. Now, there's a few of them happen around the country, but yeah. it's not the one you hear of over on um, the north side there. They do, they do it at the same time of year, actually. But we do it in, in uh, Wicklow in June every year. And through that, I met like that cup. See that cup? Yes. That's a picture yeah. of, of us all with well, our, our bits covered by a, <laughs> by a sign. But... Um, I met like hundreds of women and a awful lot of them have had cancer and they were just the funniest, mm-hmm. most positive women I've ever met. And like, I mean, some of them had, were seriously ill with cancer, yeah. like really, really bad and had had it multiple times. But, and I just could not get over the fact that they did not give a shite about anything mm. because they'd, they looked death in the eye yeah. and they said, do you know what? Life is too short. Get out and yeah. have fun. And uh, and it, for year even before I wrote the second book, this one that's about to come out was mulling around in my head, and I said I, I have to write a book about these people. They're just such characters. So the book is not based on any one individual, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a collection of mm-hmm. uh, of the types of people and yeah. the and the situations mm-hmm. that I've seen and that I've heard about from a lot of these girls. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so that's kind of kind of loosely based on reality, you know. Yeah. Um. And so that one came. That was the plot came. Sorry, no. The 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 main character came first again. Yeah. So that seems okay. to be a theme with me. The main character comes first, and then I build a plot around yeah. them. Okay. You know. So what's for you like? What's your biggest writing challenge? What do you find the hardest? And honestly, yeah. writing the letter to the agent. Honestly, okay. that is the biggest yeah. challenge. And writing the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Writing the book is easy. That's the easy bit. I mean, I've heard, I heard for years, I heard people saying, oh, writing the book is the easy part. Yeah. It's getting it published is the hard part, which it is, which is why I do it myself now. But I find trying to, to condense, you know, 90,000 words down to 350. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. That, that's the biggest challenge for me. In terms of writing the, the, the plot... I don't really find any of that a challenge because it flow it kind of flows you know okay. the characters nearly write themselves the difficult bit for me a lot of the time is that I'll wake up in the middle of the night with an idea mm. and I'm I like I've often woken up and said oh for Christ's sake and I have to get up the pen out yeah, and write yeah, it down because if I don't there is no chance I'm going to sleep yeah. and it's like as if you know, it sounds nuts, but it's like as if the character is standing beside your bed like a small child saying, come on, are you ready? Come on, look at her watch. Come on, get down, write that down now. Yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of feel like, maybe I'm going mad. <laughs> so well, you're, you're quite prolific. So that's like four books in how many years? Five four years. Four years, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but presumably then, if you even if you get something out in six weeks or yeah. know, in a couple of months, there's a lot of thinking time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, that would be the first... The six weeks, the, the Scumbags book was written in six weeks, but it wasn't ready to publish yeah. at that stage. Like, you edit the life out of it, yeah. and you, you change plot a little bit, and, you know, but the bones of it was, yeah. was done in six weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of thinking time. I, I used to have a, a change jobs recently, but I had a, a business where I was on my own all day, every mm. day. And I, that's when I did all my thinking. Yeah. So... All of it was done in the head before it ever mm. a word ever appeared on the page. Yeah. I had it all structured. Whereas a lot more people that I, I've met, 
they kind of they they write it and they do that as they're writing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I I see. Yeah, you can see different people with different approaches. Yeah. And that you know, but if you are able, if you have the capacity, yes, to work a lot out in your head, then yeah, it flows a lot from there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it all makes it all makes perfect sense to me in my head. <laughs> And then somebody else said, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it does. And I would, I would think things through. Uh, do you know what's funny is, when I'm about two-thirds through writing a book, mm. it drives me nuts, and it happens every time, the next idea starts mm-hmm. to swirl around in your head, and you're going, oh, for the love of God. You're trying to get rid- the first one yeah. done, and then the fourth one. And, and that's, it's the times like that where I kind of go, Jesus, I wish somebody would actually, you know, so a publisher would come along and say, publish me, because I fired them out every year like you know <laughs> like you hear people say you know it takes three years for me to write that book and yeah. I'm like no it doesn't that's great I mean but, I, you some, know, some writers are like that and then yeah, but, you know, they're different you know, types of books as well you know in fairness yeah but. so I mean how do you then you've got a busy life how do you make sure you make time for writing because it's really all I do um, you know in terms of like a, a hobby you yeah. know uh, I don't watch TV really um, when I'm writing I yeah. just don't the odd time maybe on a Sunday yeah. I might watch a bit but I really don't And so when I finish work and uh, the kids are sorted mm-hmm. I just go upstairs onto the computer or on the laptop yeah. and, I, and I type away or if you know I, I have two girls who are still young enough and they do you know after school activities mm-hmm. so if I'm um, sitting outside gymnastics or something like yeah. that I'll be tapping away okay. On the laptop, so any really any chance I got, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and then like the 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 first book that there was a the underlying there was a kind of a, a a group of women involved in were part of the the plot and they played Gaelic football yeah. and uh, and I play Gaelic football, so I did that and I that was my research. Yeah, <laughs> like the girls, like and it, it was kind of funny and all the the women in the book were all very kind of overweight, unfit, dodgy pelvic floors and stuff like that. And my friends and I play football because we're all older yeah. as well and some of us have dodgy pelvic floors. And um, they would say things like, you know, you just have the crack yeah, when you're playing yeah. football. And then they'd say, Jesus, don't say that, you'll end up in the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be kind of always researching, yeah. you know. Uh, because I, I find everywhere I go, I, see, because I had the, the strokes, as I said earlier, and that, you know, that was a catastrophic stroke, yeah, they told me. So yeah. if I hadn't had this, this blood thinner. And... Um, and only the other day I was with the cardiologist again yeah. and he said, like, you were really lucky. So I have a very similar attitude hmm. to the ladies that are the, 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 the thought process behind dippers yeah. in that I don't look on things as, you know, oh, I can't do that. Oh, you know, yeah. poor you. Put things off. I look at things and say, you could be absolutely stone dead tomorrow. So yeah. get out and do what you want. Have the crack. Life is too short. Yeah. And I tend to look on the funny side of things an awful yeah. lot. And um, so because of that... Every time I'm out, I, I look for the funny bit yeah. in what's going on around me. And but when you look for it, you find it. Yeah, so you're, you know? really, you're really inspired by what you're every, you see around you. Everything, yeah. You, you get yeah. that inspiration. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. And even people who, who you know, like for instance, I, I was doing something. I, I won't say exactly what it was now because people might know it. Was. I was at a, a sporting event, right? And I was taking part. It wasn't football recently. And there was this lady there, and she's an older lady, and she's renowned for being exceptionally grumpy, right? And a lot of people wouldn't play with her because she just makes it very unpleasant. Mm. Whereas I looked at it, I was falling around the place because I just said, 
she's such a grump yeah. that it's hilarious. Like, and she's called, she's definitely turned up the book sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I haven't, I haven't decided what yet. But yeah. you know, so if you want to, you'll find yeah. you'll find inspiration anywhere, and it's your choice how you look at it. You know, yeah. some people look at things and they get down. Like, there's an awful lot to talk about depression, and suicide, and, and things yeah. like that. And and you know, a lot of people have very genuine reasons to be very down on themselves. Um, and I don't think there's a person in the world that hasn't at some point in a day or in a week or in their lifetime had suffered from some sort of yeah. um, melancholy, I suppose we call it. Uh, and I've just decided that, yes, I have days like that, but I've decided just no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going gonna, I'm gonna to have the crack. I'm going to look, yeah. look for the funny side. Um, and it just makes your day nicer, I yeah. think. Yeah. And it makes the people around you too. You know, I, I kind of, in the new book, there's a line in it and it's the, the, one of the main character really, there's two main characters, but the main, to me, the main character is this character called Annie Murphy and she's had cancer. She's had, she has it for the fourth time, mm. right? And she looks on everything and just has, she's very, very politically incorrect in what she says. Mm. And, um, and she doesn't suffer fools gladly and she's very witty and she's very mm. funny. And she says, look, this, you know, this cancer is, is, is after me again for the fourth time and you know I'm going to I'm going to fight it I'm going to do my best but I'm going to have the crack and I'm yeah. going to enjoy myself and uh, I, I kind of she's nearly like an inspiration to me even though she's a fictitious character yeah. she's she's very she's based quite a lot on somebody I know who's mm. who has had uh, cancer a number of times as well and in the in the book she says that she wants to leave people laughing mm-hmm. and this girl that I know uh, who it, it, the character isn't her, but yeah. it's she's inspired. She inspired her. She, I have never seen her shed a tear. Yeah. And I, you will hear her laughing. You'd hear her if she was laughing on the street. Now you'd hear her. Yeah. She has the loudest, most uproarious laugh you'll ever yeah. hear. And when you hear that, you laugh. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of think you know if somebody who has had that much illness in mm-hmm. her life can be that positive, you yeah. know. So yeah, all those type of things. They're all. I, I just find people people are amazing and uh, people who've had serious illness are amazing. Like yeah. this girl, again, in, in, in Dippers, there's, um, there's a character, uh, only a very minor part, uh, but what happens is the lady who, Annie, the, 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 la- the main character, decides she wants to do something to kick back against um, cancer. So she does, she raises, or she, sorry, she starts this charity, Strip and Dip, mm-hmm. which is based on, on reality, to raise money for a young girl who's had her leg amputated because of cancer, right? mm-hmm. because of viewing sarcoma. Now, I know a girl of 16, yeah. which is now 17, who had her leg amputated yeah. because she had cancer. And her mum and herself, and I was involved, as were lots and lots of other people, with raising money for her to get yeah. a prosthetic leg. And so it's based very much on reality. Um, and again, people like her, they give it, they, the essence of the, of, of the, the book is that Cancer takes away an awful lot from mm-hmm. people, including body parts, obviously. But it actually gives you something back. And it, it's a thing that you cannot get anywhere else as effectively, and that's perspective. Yeah. And I saw a 17-year-old girl whose leg was cut off below the knee. Like, she will never be the same again. Mm. There's so many things that she won't be able to do. Yeah. She, like, there's lots of things she will be able to do, but it'll be a little bit more difficult yeah. for her. Uh, and I just saw that and I said, you know, she's getting on with it. And, yeah. you know, and she is getting on with it. Um, and that's why I wanted the the book the, of all the books I've written. This one is the one that means the most to me because it's very much based on reality, and it's it's based on a horrible disease, 
but it's looking at it's not making fun of it yeah no no it's I, not making fun of it I, but it's it's showing you that you, you you know you you can have serious illness but you can't your personality doesn't have to be taken away and your spirit doesn't yeah. have to be taken away and that's the real message so when you're in this humor space you are yeah. dealing with like, oh yes. life and death and oh absolutely you know, yeah because because like, annie annie murphy is is one character and she's hasn't got can i say a pot to piss in <laughs> she hasn't got a shilling mm-hmm. and uh, she's had every bit of bad luck you could possibly imagine like if she didn't have bad luck she wouldn't have any luck at all mm-hmm. and there's her and then the other character is this lady called Claudia Spellman Lee mm-hmm. and she's awfully awfully and has more money than the world she has everything she's ever wanted she has had born with a silver spoon in her mouth and everything has always gone her way until yeah. the day she's diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and the two of them deal with it in totally different ways yeah. and Claudia is immediately thinks oh my god I'm going to die and poor me and nobody else has ever had cancer except for me and I'm the most important person in the world and she cannot deal with it mm. at all and goes to total pieces now there's a whole other set of circumstances yeah. that happens yeah. to these two women throughout the book and Annie is the complete opposite mm. and Annie goes into the hospital to have her mastectomy and has them all roar and laugh, and the nurses love her, yeah. uh, and the Claudia girl. So it's showing two sides of the same mm-hmm. issue. Now, obviously the characters are very much exaggerated yeah. for effect, because yeah. obviously yeah. if you're suffering from cancer, you're not going to be doing cartwheels around the place and delighted with yourself every minute of the yeah. day, but it's just really for effect. Yeah. Um, and the Claudia uh, character is, is really clingy and can't handle anything, mm-hmm. um, and whereas the Annie character is the total opposite of that. And what I'm trying to show is... That you know everybody deals with things differently, mm-hmm. and you know in reality, one individual will will be all those things. You know, yeah. will we'll have down days yeah. and, and all that. But it, just for effect, I wanted to split them and make them two mm-hmm. very distinct sort of. So and types. so that's dippers, and that's going to be out in a couple of weeks. Summer. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, probably maybe even by the time this podcast airs. Yeah, great. Um, the other thing I want to just one last question yes. before we run out of time. I want to ask you about your other writing. So I know you yeah. have this Write For Me website. Oh, yeah, tell, yeah. tell me about that. So that, uh, that came about, it's called uh, www.writeforme.ie. Mm-hmm. And that came about because a lot of these ditties that I write are for uh, people's birthdays and, you know, like a wedding. Somebody asked me to do a wedding speech yeah. for them. And, and I often get asked to do write things for people's retirements and mm-hmm. so on. And uh, so I was getting asked so much to do it. I said, you know what, I'm going to start a business. Yeah. So I set it up and there's a website and you can go on and you can, you just fill in a quick form and tell me everything you want about this individual or event or whatever yeah. that you want to write about. And like on the wall there now that I know your listeners can't see it, but there's those two poems on the, on the wall that yeah. I wrote about my daughters that they'll have forever. Yeah. Which is really yeah. nice. Um, and it's, it's funny. And actually I, today now I have to finish one for um, a man who's 60 and uh, his wife is getting it for him as a surprise and then I, I get them, write them and then uh, frame them yeah. and they're given as a gift then as oh, a present wonderful. so it's great, it's yeah. different you know. but the, the wedding speeches are brilliant yeah. because you get a best man, you know, oh god I don't know what to say and it's on tomorrow type of thing <laughs> I, got, I did, I got one of them yeah. I literally had, I had uh, two days yeah. and I said, you're only deciding now that you haven't got a speech <laughs> so, like he'd have been there reading the back yeah. of a fag packet I'd yeah. say if I hadn't 
But uh, and he gave me just a little bit of information about the yeah. bride and groom, and uh, apparently it went down a bomb. That's brilliant. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit it's unique, you know. It's a little bit different. Yeah, because we we do on the podcast sometimes talk about different different types of writing. Yes, that are, are different to just you know novels and yeah, yeah. plays and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and yeah, so I was really interested to see that you had this other outlet. Yes, that, you yeah, know, using your skill yeah. in a way that's uh, and it's, it, do you know what's funny how how they really started was. Um, I had uh, from the strip and dip that I do every year there was a woman at that and I every year I write a ditty about the strip and dip mm-hmm. now it's manky because they're all a gang of marauding drunken women in the pub <laughs> after the strip and dip and they all want to have a bit of like yahoo yeah. and all the rest of it and, and it is it, it does tend to be a bit rude now, yeah. the one I write and out of that one of the ladies came to me and she said you write other stuff yeah. as well and I said yeah and I told her everything I did and she had she wanted me to write a memorial about a boy who had committed suicide actually? Yeah. Um, and I said, send me a photograph of him, and she did, and she sent me detail. I lo- and I actually was sitting at this table writing it, mm. and I saw the young picture, the fella's the face. I never met him obviously, and I wrote a memorial. Mm. And she only gave me, she probably gave me about, say, a fool's cap page full of bits and pieces yeah. about him, like yeah. you know what he liked to play sports wise and stuff. And I ended up writing twenty verses about him, yeah. and they read it at a memorial ceremony for him. And the feedback I got of that was really nice, you yeah. know. And I said, like, that's special, you know. I made somebody, and obviously, the poem didn't mention obviously about yeah. suicide, but it kind of celebrated his life, mm. and it got such a good reaction. I said, no, this is this is something worth doing, yeah. you know, because it's there forever. Yeah. He's not there anymore, but the memory is there. That poem yeah, is there yeah. to sort of celebrate him, yeah. you know. Um, and and that's kind of how it started, really. Yeah. And from from there, then it just kind of grew. And, yeah. You know, and if I get stuck, I don't tend to get writer's block. I probably will now after saying this to you. I'll probably won't write another word for the rest of my life. But I, um, if I get stuck, I'll just go off and write a ditty about yeah. something. And uh, and they're funny. And, and a lot of them are songs. And sometimes I, I do this. Uh, I'm involved in a, in a singing group. Now, I can't sing a note. But I write these funny yeah. songs. And then because people are so busy laughing, they can't hear that I actually haven't got a note in my head. <laughs> useful a useful <laughs> skill yeah 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 I'd recommend it highly yeah. so yeah I, like, so writing is writing in whatever form yeah you know yeah. and it's good it's therapeutic I think yeah you know? listen that's brilliant thank you so much for talking to me so your current books that are out at the moment are Scumbags and Handbags the Smiling Vendetta is the other yep. one and then Dippers which is going to be out, out in about June you know yeah. imminently yeah so thank you so much thank you very thank you. much so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Sinead. I really got a great kick out of talking to her. We were talking for quite some time around the recording as well. And I just found her really inspirational and she had lots of great advice and great ideas. Um, you can find us in the usual places at irishwriterspodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at irishwriterspod, on Facebook, iTunes and everywhere you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a few weeks with a uh, usual discussion with Cathy and Kate. Um, and we'll hope you'll tune in then. Bye.